Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Hello and welcome to Headliners, the show that has comedians read the papers so you don't have to. My name's Dominic Frisby, I'm your host, and with me tonight are... We have fresh blood in the form of Dana <laughs> Alexander making her Headliners debut, and we have a wizened, a wizened old veteran <laughs> in the form of Josh Howie. Hello to you both. You excited, Dana, about your debut? I am, comrade. I certainly am. Thank you for welcoming me <laughs> to this evil station. No, <laughs> Comrade, an interesting choice of words. And Josh, this is your 97th appearance on the show, I think. 97th, yeah. Dana's going to replace me now. <laughs> <laughs> You've been cancelled. I've been campaigning for this moment for a long time. So we turn to our first story, which is uh, UK citizens taking in refugees from the Ukraine. And... Um, I think, Josh, you've got this one, do you? Yes, yeah, so this and... is covered by a lot of, of the newspapers. We're going to do this, do the Sun one, which reporting 25,000 people applied. The website went on live today. Obviously, being British, it crashed immediately uh, after an hour or so. But actually, the numbers have gone up to 43,000. Uh, and uh, that's really encouraging. Supposedly, there's, you ha there's a few limitations to the scheme. It's, like, initially open to people who have a connection with Ukrainians, like, who have a direct connection. Um, but... Still, I mean, there's been a lot of criticism for this government uh, for basically being a bit stingy with the visas over the last week or so, where you see now that European countries opening their borders. Uh, there are 3 million refugees. Poland's taken about 1.7 million, I think. And the UK had done, you know, like a couple of hundred or something. And it's just... But now, hopefully, the UK government is getting their act together and we can start helping these people and, and bringing them into our homes. Yes, very good. I've actually got a friend in Poland who's taken in 20 in his house in Poland, which is a remarkable thing to do. Any thoughts on this any, on this story on, on the website? 20, You're frowning at me. 20? Right? Is he trafficking he's got a, people? Well, he's got a big house and he's got a family in the, in the Polish countryside. I think it's a farm or something like that. And I think his normal business was, you know, running an Airbnb with holidaymakers and he's replaced them with refugees. It's nice that they're actually giving um, more attention... or Sorry, attention to refugees, period, because... As you know, the Syrians, the Afghanis have not had such mm. a good turn of it. I just, when they say that there was a wonky internet connection, I just keep picturing Pretty Patel at the home office, just like scratching <laughs> into the phones, like, sorry, places are taken. But yeah, I mean, this is a, I have, when you see what's happening right now with uh, the Ukrainian refugees, I, I mean, I, we just saw a woman with a dog in a baby carrier. I think the brown and black refugees of this world are like, wow, we didn't know we could bring pets to this, you know? Well, pets are all part of the family, Dana. They're part of the family. <laughs> don't judge. You don't know what she's been through. Fair no, enough. No, but, I mean, it's, but, but, yeah, Dana's right. Syrians, I mean, say a similar scheme, and I think it was a few hundred people in the end managed to get visas. Where, you know, and that, I mean, there were millions of people there in as, as dire need. Um, and, yeah, it's a, it's a bit sad that we, we weren't as open. Them. There are seven refugee bears as well from the Ukraine, I'll have you know. Yeah, and you're going to take them in? 
Well, I recently sent a teddy bear to my mother in, in America, and the American Customs thought it was had drugs in it, and they tore the teddy bear open and, and ripped out all the inside. And they took all the drugs out. And they took out, <laughs> took out the drugs, didn't put the polystyrene filler back, and then didn't compensate her for the loss. Anyway, that's by the by. Right, we move on to Tuesday's Independent, and it seems squatters, Dana, are doing their bit for the war effort. Yeah, so squatters are occupying a London mansion open, uh, owned by Russian oligarch Oleg Deripaska in protest over Ukraine war. And so these anarch this anarchist group is saying that it's going to go further to see more olig oligarchs' properties occupied. So, yeah, squatters are taking over, I think. Any excuse. Well, <laughs> they have, you know, they have a whole plan, it looks like. They want to actually uh, set up a support center for refugees. I'd like to see how that scheme goes. And it's for Ukrainians. I'm wondering if any of the squatters are Ukrainian themselves. And if Putin does pull out of Ukraine, will they get out of the house? Um, almost certainly not, because once they're in, they're very hard <laughs> to get out. Well, I think laws have changed in recently to make it much more different. Although, with the mayor... Uh, the, uh, London's mayor, Sadiq Khan, he's calling for it. Gove is calling for these for these mansions to be used to house Ukrainians. So it seems like all the people in authority are agreeing with them. But I did like well, they I said... I think they've been kicked out. I've listened to the news just oh, they, before they the have show. Just I think there were four left kicked. on a balcony or whatever. Yeah. Before, before they <laughs> four left. But they did say, they said, this property has been liberated. And I just thought, this is how we should do property sales at the moment. You know what I mean? Like, that's a much better way of doing it. Forget the months and years. Just invade the house, put a flag outside, and just say, yeah, I've well, sounds I've got familiar. My, sounds I, familiar. I, I, I've got my eye on a house in Hampstead, yeah. and I'm just going to get some hire some squatters to occupy it, and then... Bring down those values. Take it Bring over, down those, yeah. Yeah. Right, moving on, we move on to Tuesday's Times, Josh, which reports that barristers are not being paid enough, and they're not happy about it. Yeah, which is fair enough. Um... So 94% of, of, uh, of the criminal members of the Criminal Bar Association voted. They voted basically for what's essentially a strike. Uh, because the way that it works is when cases go long, criminal cases, they then take each other's cases, and that's what allows the system to run. So they're basically saying, we're going to stop doing that. Because like many problems in this country that um, with the Tory government over the last 10 years and the underfunding, finally these things are coming home to roost. Now, you could argue, yes, they've been exacerbated by, exacerbated by the um, COVID and, and whatever, but, and now the war to a degree with some other stuff. But this is, uh, you know, serious underfunding in a lot of our institutions, and... It's not fair, and 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 the, we're seeing this in a practical way because when so I, many when people. When I hear are... the words underfunding, okay. it fills me with okay. dread. Well, who's going to cover the costs? Of well, the, extra the point funding? is that the, the system has been underfunded, and because of that, about a, a huge amount of these uh, barristers have actually just quit because it's just it's too much work for such little money. Yeah, if only uh, comedians could get together. I'm sure 94 <laughs> percent of comedians think they're underpaid. What? Yeah, but they ride share as well, just like comedians. I don't know if you've noticed here at present, uh, the barristers routinely pick up colleagues uh, for work when cases are overrun. And I guess you can't do that now with these gas prices, can you? Uh, I don't know. I'm sure they're still giving lifts and driving their cars. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm, 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 I do know some barristers who, uh, like, I've dealt with a lot of barristers, and as a, well, you've as been a, in, you've been I'm in a court all the claim, time. Yeah. But as a, as a, as a rule, I find the barrister class of people some of the cleverest people I've ever met. Their ability to condense information, digest it, and regurgitate it in an intelligent argument is astounding. 
but they are also extremely well paid. So when they're moaning about lack of pay... Well, I, I think this is because this is, this is... Sorry, this is... And I should have said this at the beginning. This is for legal aid, which isn't well paid. And that is... And that's why when they pick up these Can cases... Be. Well, I don't, I don't think it is. I think that's the point. There's a lot of people are taking these cases and they're spending a lot of time on them and they're not getting paid fairly. And that needs to be looked into. And if that is leading to a lot of... Uh, these barristers quitting their jobs and going into other parts of the law, then in the end it's going to affect uh, the public badly. Big truths from Josh Howard. Yeah. Live on GB News. Not as good as a barrister. <laughs> <laughs> and so it seems that the mayor is calling on misogyny to be taught in primary school. Sorry, I've misread that. That is tackling misogyny to be taught in uh, primary school. That's from Tuesday's Telegraph, Dana. Yeah, I did see that. I wonder how you would teach that, because I come from the school of, you want to say that to me, you're going to get a slap. I mean, maybe I'm a little bit old school, not, not advocating for violence, but uh, I think there's a point where... I think what's happening now, especially with feminism, that they're going to have to make that decision. Do I grab a boob or grab the door? But both could be wrong, do you know what I mean? Mm. Do we, do we, should we leave the teaching of these kind of morals to families well, and just teach firstly, maths and English? <laughs> well, first of all, it was very uh, disconcerting seeing a man in a polo neck say, misogyny. <laughs> it was, it was Are you judging me on my appearance? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. But how would you teach it? Yeah, no, I, this, I think, is, I, there's a lot that I disagree with, um, with, with, with our mayor in London, uh, but... And with this, the world in general. And the world in general. But this, I absolutely agree with, because you get in early... Get these kids when they're five, six, and misogyny is and the the outmoded attitudes towards women in terms of a lot of this is learned through parents, arguably a bit through society as well. And when they're seeing if they're coming from homes of domestic violence, um, then these patterns get repeated. And if you can get to these kids early, my wife used to work for a charity which did it exactly. It's not even misogyny, but dealing with children and teaching them emotional resilience at a young age. You see. It only takes 10 years to start, to start seeing difference in our society. When you take a five-year-old and then they come out at 15, and if they're taught at five that it's wrong to catcall women or to treat them as physical objects and all of that the stuff. The question is, when were they taught to catcall women at the age yeah, but of five? Like, because they, 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 might see their, they might see their dad do it. They might see domestic violence in the home. They might, Fair you know, enough. there's lots of things. They might, they also could see stuff on TV shows that are inappropriate or whatever. I don't, but a five-year-old's even aware of sexuality okay, maybe, and in that okay, kind of way? Okay, but five-year-olds, it's about, I mean, look, you know me, I've got a thousand kids. Yeah, it's about six, seven, eight, and they do need to be taught uh, and I do teach my kids at now, that age. Now, on, on the subject of misogyny, I feel the two men have taken over this conversation. Rather because we're much better suited <laughs> to talk about it. Well, I'll tell you this. I, I, I wasn't... I think I was about 15 before the boys were even taller than me, so they weren't trying that with me, at least. I think maybe that's why... Women tend to develop earlier than boys, so I, I think you're pretty ambitious as a young man if you're going to go down that route, especially if you're five. <laughs> yeah, but teaching them that it's wrong early, it becomes part second nature to them, and they can see it. It's like this anti-bullying stuff. If they learn it early, then they carry it with them. You, it's hard to teach a 14, 15-year-old this kind of stuff because so much of it's entrenched. At, I have to say, at the age of five, I'm with Dana. At the age of five, my and probably even at the age of 21, my daughters are so much more competent than my sons that that, you, you, yeah. I mean, it's hard to teach a kid about something that they don't necessarily know 
exists, right? Like, I, I, can't, I don't think I knew about catcalling. Actually, I know specifically when I found out about catcalling. I was about 12 years old. I saw old. it on the way in, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like 12 years old, and my mom took me out for my, my 12th birthday, and somebody yelled at me and my mom in the parking lot, and I just said, Mom, what's going on? And she's yeah. like, Sorry to tell you, but this is not going to get any easier for you in life. Well, but I was 12, but five. My well, God. if that kid had been taught at six, seven, or eight that that kind of behavior is inappropriate, then maybe things would be different. We maybe. Somebody a cat call me. Anyway, sometimes you read a headline and you wonder, well, why were they doing that in the first place? And this is one of those times. An NH trust is to stop filming mental health patients in their bedroom. This is from Tuesday's Guardian, Josh. Can you explain? Well, so the reason why there was a system, because in, like, mental health hospitals, you have to then monitor, the, make sure that there's, like, suicide watches and whatever. So you have to be checking up on your patients and making sure they're still alive, making sure they're still breathing. And so so normally that might be done by with what's called the eye or whatever. You know, you go in and do a physical check, but that would interrupt people sleeping, whatever. So the idea is to have, like, these monitors set up. So... Some people have complained about this, and there are reasons why it's not actually that great an idea. But it is interesting that in a mental health hospital, <laughs> that these patients complained that they were being covertly surveillanced. And it's like, well, you're in a mental <laughs> How do you know that there actually were genuine concerns of being that? Yeah. Or, or that might be why they're in a mental health hospital in the I first just, I just picture a really lazy nurse just, like, not no, wanting to get up yeah. and just buzzing in on the intercom, like, eat your sandwich. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm sure that it's a cost-saving measure in, in, in some ways. But in, in a more serious note, if this is in, in the, this particular place where they pulled it, the, the, the system from, it's for a female mental health uh, patients. Some of them have uh, are there because of sexual violence in their history, and that has supposedly could have been involving cameras as well, that kind of abuse. And so, th look, there are legitimate reasons for it being removed, but also I could see why they wanted to put that system there in terms of a cost-saving measure, and, a, you know, probably they could probably get rid of two night nurses instead of, you know... Do you have any further thoughts to add to the wisdom, the, the measured, balanced wisdom of Josh Howey? Or well, my mother's a nurse, and I think when you, when you, nurses are probably the least sensitive people when it comes to these things. So you could be doing anything in your room, and as long as you're not damaging something, a lot of the time the nurse. This is how bad it is. I remember somebody tried to take their own life at a ward that my mom was on by, you know, on the door. And they said, get down from there. You're going to break the door. Like, I think <laughs> they're overestimating, you know, the curiosity of these nurses. They've seen everything. Get over yourself. You now, this is a, a story from Tuesday's Daily Mail that's, that's pretty horrible. And you sort of know it's going to end up being a movie one way or another, Dana. Oh, yeah. I mean, so basically, in New York City and D.C., mayors are telling homeless people to get off of the streets to avoid the on-the-run serial killer responsible for five men in a month. And I got to tell you, he's made a lot more attempts than that. He's not particularly successful. And he's an incompetent serial killer. Yeah, and the, I mean, that's the part that scares me, is they can't even catch him. <laughs> Maybe it's because the, what I think is 10000 is what they're going to pay. This is what Americans are good at. This they, is, like, one of the things they're best at, serial well, killers. Well, I mean, until he kills as many people as the NYPD. No one cares. Oh, right? yeah, oh, here we go. Oh. But you know the part that I thought was really interesting was he appeared to, or believed to be black. 
in this Karen world, you can't it's, go it's with that. identity politics gone mad. <laughs> believe, like, if, you, if, if you're looking for a guy who's, like, traveling between cities and you yeah. believe him to be black, surely he's gone through a few different CCTV cameras, right? Yeah. Come on, get a better camera. You're never going to catch this guy. So, so, but when they say believe to be black, is, like, there must be some grounds for them to say that. I think... I don't, okay, like, I'll give you an anecdote. When I was a kid, I've been called racial slurs from the wrong race. Do you know what I mean? So maybe they're just not up on it. But then there's also um, instances where police officers, when they do all of the recording of whether or not they stopped a Hispanic person or a black person, they often mix up Hispanic and white people, so... But I don't know. You think by now in the U.S. they, they know what a black guy is? Yeah. Well... They could tell by how fast he ran. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> sorry. Hey, taking comedy back to the 1970s. Well, there are. There, I don't know about the. I uh, wasn't even born the, then. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the police work of because they said here like later on it took 12 hours for the police to realize the man was dead. It's like guys, you got to up your game. This is this is really? something they found a body. Like yeah, they found a body. Uh, he was shot in the head, and it took them 12 hours to realize. He was, so I really don't know what they're doing. They don't seem to be on it. Or this idea that homeless people want to be on the street. They're like, all of a sudden, go inside. Like, get off the street. Yeah, it's like, we've been trying. We've been trying. When, you know when, I mean? I, when I said this was going to be a film, I was thinking along the lines of, like, Silence of the, Cat, Silence of the Lambs, that kind of film. I didn't realise it was going to be, like, some kind <laughs> of <laughs> black farce. But anyway, um, so if there's one person we need to turn to if we need insight into chronic UTI infections in women. That person is Josh Howey. This is from Tuesday's Guardian. There are a lot of women out there. <laughs> anyway, um, so I... Uh, yes, this is... Uh, I, now, this is actually... I was sort of reading this and thinking, oh, God, really, this is a bit... Of a book. But it, it is quite... Um, I don't know, it's, I think it's going to give hope to some people because, you know, you have some ailments... UTIs uh, infections can be very painful, very distracting. And I know from personal experience, not my person, but other people in my life, that... that Claim they, it. I can't, no. That they, <laughs> <laughs> OK. Dana told me about this UTI she had. Uh, no, and they can linger. And, they, and, you know, normally you go on, like, a couple of days antibiotics and then, but, but, and then it doesn't go, and it can last much, much longer, going on to years. So finally now this has been recognised, it's been put on the NHS website so that when people are typing this stuff in and Googling it, they can finally go, oh, this is, might be what I have. Whereas before, they thought it actually was this other much more serious condition and actually, people have been treated for that, which is a much more painful condition to treat, and they probably didn't have that in the first place. And, or, and one final thing is, this all ties into, because the test for UTIs is supposedly like 50% um, doesn't work, essentially, or gives false, false negatives. So, so maybe get a better test. Ooh, I'd say. Yeah. That was boring. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, not if you've got a UTI. You got a UTI that was like, woohoo! It's, it's what that's what I find so interesting about Britain. It's like that show Embarrassing Bodies. Do you know what I mean? It's like they they'll bring out like the worst like cuz I don't want to talk about that in public. That's just me. Do you know what I mean? I like my stuff to keep it between, you know, me and the doctor. But it's like that show Embarrassing Bodies. It's like, well, if you were embarrassed then you must be totally humiliated now that the whole country has seen that fungus on your back. or You, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I you saw my episode. <laughs> <laughs> Were you on that? Yeah. I knew I recognized you. Do anything. You. Anything. Yeah. GB News, Embarrassing Bodies, <laughs> I'll take any work. Now, this is an odd story in The Times, Dana. What makes people boring? Th that story will definitely... <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, 
Oh, gosh, what makes... I mean, I'm North American. There's so many things that I find boring in this country. Antiques Roadshow, Coronation Street, everything. But oh, what my I gosh. I know. The... I'm going to start a riot you're over gonna, here. You're, yeah, you're, not I... making, you're not making friends with... GB News! Hey. This is Antiques Roadshow. You guys hired me. You know who I am. But what I thought was so interesting is that people wanted How compensation. you not like Antiques Roadshow? Have you ever watched Antiques Roadshow? Have you ever watched Antiques Roadshow? Well, mostly probably because I'm black and it's just stolen goods at the end. Oh, my God! God. <laughs> Twitter is aflame straight away. I'm here all night. I'm here all night. But, yeah, the thing that I thought was interesting is that the study found that in order to associate with those deemed boring, people would need 35 pounds a day. Is that enough? That's what, I, be... get, that's what I get paid to be, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm more interesting <laughs> than this. Oh, my gosh. What, but what's more boring than a bird watcher is the person who investigates what makes people boring. Come on Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting. So this study is like it's differentiating between what is actually boring and instead what makes people boring. And it's also what's quite interesting later on. It says that, that it's all about trying to challenge people's prejudices. Uh, which I think is quite funny because it's like they're trying to are boring people the next sort of persecuted group in our society that's like oh you're only not hanging out with me because I'm boring. You is asked that... you asked earlier. Think, oh, sorry. Uh, just for clarity, am I right in saying that the that bird watchers were decided per to be the most perceived boring perceived as boring perceived to be. We all know that bird watchers are like crazy into their <laughs> I know a pretty exciting bird watcher. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Honest. But you guys also do things like Euphemism. train spot. Yeah. yeah, which true. that's an actual thing, but the movie was much more exciting than uh, <laughs> the movie. The actual task. Poor old, poor old Dana <laughs> came round to my house. And we played board games, didn't we, Dana? But I, and that was traumatizing. And you lost. I did lose. But was that traumatizing for you? Was that no? Are you, no, not okay, at all. Well, I loved that's, it. That's nice. She yeah, hasn't, no, she no, hasn't no. been back. I should. I love out. winning. What are you talking yeah. about? It seems the uh, once great Desmond is at risk of extinction. Josh, this is from Tuesdays. This is a very showing your age there. The Desmond Tutu uh, degree thing we were talking about before. Yeah, so, uh, so everything's about inflation nowadays. So even university grades are now um, subject to this. So obviously you got the first and then... And it used to be that very few... I think it was like 9% of people got first or... And then most, a lot of the 38% of people got, this is about 20 years ago, got two ones, and then two twos was about another 38%. That has gone down now, where basically a third is pretty much wiped out. No so one gets a first third. would be an A, an a two yeah. one would be a B, a yeah. two two would be a C, and a third yeah. would be a D. And now it's gone, way, people getting first have, have jumped from 15 to 36 Oh, no, uh, yeah, uh, f uh, 15 to 36%. So it, getting a first does, isn't as special, and now they're trying to implement a first star. And it's just then, that's what's going to... And then it's going to be first star, star, whatever. Th there's no coincidence that a lot of this movement has been over the last 10 years or so when student fees were introduced, and I think that they're, they're sort of arguing that people want value for money, but I think also it's going to be that people are going to work harder. If it's going to cost you however many... Are, tens of thousands of pounds. You're going to like, you know what? I'm not going to go down the student union. I'm actually going to do this essay or I'm going to read this particular piece. Oh, the consolation is a good grade, but no job. But um, it kind of reminds me of back in the day, like, I guess you guys might be a little, little, little late on this, but I'm from the 80s and everybody was a winner. Did you, uh, did you guys ever get the participation Award? 
No, no. They no, basically no. just give you a prize for showing up, but I mean, they might as well give you a we prize. We went to boarding school, so we would just, just draw time and locked away. You loser! Get in the cellar. Oh, no, where I was from, everybody's a winner. If you do it, if you do your best, you can win too. And then you meet Boris Johnson, you're like, it's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. The inflation of everything. So, uh, Dana, Lewis Hamilton is changing his name to La Balestia. This is from Tuesday's Metro. That, that's his mother's last name, La Balestia. I guess that's how you pronounce it. You know, if you're going to change your name that late in the game, do it like Kanye or Puff Daddy. Do you know what I mean? Be P. Diddy or what would you call yourself? Fire Rider or Speedman. Well, yeah. Be something a little bit more yeah. exciting. I mean, than... Prince changed his name to, to the artist. I guess Hamilton should be the driver. Well, I think yeah, you there should, you go. I think you should be the Sir. Symbol. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or yeah. Sir Lewis Hamilton, Sir. I quite like that. Sir Lewis Hamilton, sir. Yeah, it's like Sir Lewis. Okay, it's like an. We just confuse everything. Yeah. Oh, Sir Lewis Hamilton, sir. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Next time. Next time. What? What? Boring. Boring person here. Back to my board game. Jokes. 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 Hey, I like a board game. I love it. You should see me. I'm on that Wordle at twelve oh one. You just never came back. That's why I'm confused. You said you liked it, and then you never came back. Anyway, let's get on with this. There was quite an interesting comment he made, though, is that he didn't understand why women should lose their names. In the process, because of they're women, <laughs> or you just get so embarrassed by who you married, you want to go into hiding. Maybe, but yeah. <laughs> but if you didn't and mm. you just double-barreled everything, names would just be. Uh, I think it's endless. an important thing. I'm glad my wife took my name because I have no other connection to my children whatsoever. You've met them; they don't look like me at all. I've got no physical connection. That literally the only thing they get from me. They're really nice. They're kind little people, you know. My mo wife. my mother, who's a lesbian, lesbian in her fourth major relationship, and my dad, who's on his fourth wife. My mom still has my dad's name. Wow. Yeah, I know. I'd hear more what's about your that mom's story. maiden? What's your mom's maiden name? Fortune, and now oh, it's Alexander. Good, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, but Alexander. Oh, I like yeah. Fortune. Oh, yeah. F O R G. Fortune. Fortune. You better have F money with that name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's your wife's maiden name? Duffy. Duffy. Howie Duffy. No, I think Howie's better. You think? What about Howie your, Duffy? What's your wife? Oh, you're the wife. Sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> more and more people, Josh, are going full goblin mode, and I think I'm going to be one of them. This is from Tuesday's Guardian. So this is a new thing. I'm not down with all the kids. I'm not on TikTok or really Instagram, but. Um, yeah, this is this new saying, you're going goblin. People are going goblin mode. It means that they're sort of just wearing their pajamas all day, uh, just eating loads of rubbish food, just watching rubbish TV. I mean, that sounds like... That's why I got my tattoo. Ah. Uh, we get, we have a video oh. of the goblin cat that went viral, which we shall show you now. OK. There it is, decadently eating its... Uh, I didn't know there was a goblin cat. Well, I think the, the idea of goblin comes from living in caves, but this cat's sort of going okay, very so just going for this is like, but it, uh, it's, I think it's used mostly to refer to human beings, and that's just the representation, the, the cat representation of that. Uh, but there, it's actually interesting that it's part of a sort of larger phenomenon. I think it's in response to a lot of stuff what we see on Instagram. You just want to play this cat video, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm quite yeah, enjoying right. it, but... I'm just going to shut I'd, up I'd just, No, 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 you carry on. It's in response to people on Instagram showing Basically, their perfect bodies. Yes, and their exactly. Perfect I think people have had enough habits. of that. They want to see some realness, and the fact is that no-one's perfect all the time, and, there are, you know, all those people, all those influences you see, 
a big bunch of their time. They're actually just going to be vegging out and watching TV. And Well, I think you should just be happy they're vegging out in the house. I saw a man in a bonnet at the park the other day. It's like, comb your hair before you come outside. A man in a bonnet? A man in a bonnet, like a silk bonnet to protect his hair. He was getting half of his braids done. Like, people were getting wild during this lockdown. Slippers in the streets. Like, I don't know if you noticed, like, I never really had the time to be home and even meet my neighbors, never mind observe them. And as soon as I saw them, I went right back in the house. Everything from arrests to fights, all watched from my window. Wow. Yeah, just stay in the house. I actually, you slippers in the street. I oh, specifically God, yeah. buy slippers with hard rubber soles so that I can wear them in the street when I go to the shops. I'm, ta I'm talking was... about brawless women in the streets. Like, people mm. really let it go. I found this lockdown. High standards. High standards, Dana. Okay. Not everyone um, can pull that off. Right. Give your address again, Dana. <laughs> <laughs> and we go straight away to Tuesday's Daily Mail. And it looks like the Women's Network of Australia need a better graphic designer, Dana. <laughs> well, I got... Let's, you got to see the design first, or this doesn't really make a lot of sense. Well, let's explain what the Women's Network is, and then hopefully we can get the design up on screen. OK, so a branch of Prime Minister Scott Morrison's personnel department that champions gender equality in the government is being ridiculed due to its logo's phallic-like appearance. OK, now, can we see this logo? It's coming oh, up so. any second now. That's hey! GB News has turned a corner! We've done it! At least, yes. it, at, at least it's hairless, hey? It no. is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> That's such a terrible thing to say. It is, um, it is quite amusing. I'm looking at that. And but there's some to... breasts in there. It's got everything. Well, it, that shape, it can be whatever you want it to be, I think, is what's amusing. Are we allowed, to say, are we allowed to say tampon? I think you are allowed to say tampon. Okay. It has got something it, tampon-esque uh, about it, but it also has a phallic quality. A lot of buildings do, let's be honest, right? A lot of people will tell you that towers are fa phallic and buildings and everything else. So what's new? I mean, now they're just turning it to the side and giving it to the women's network. Well, not giving it to them, you know what I'm saying. And uh, I do know what you're saying. <laughs> and uh, they have been mocked and derided for their poor judgment. Josh, are you about to say something about it or am I...? Yeah, it's just as funny because the website sort of says the network's priorities are found on driving cultural change, encouraging men to drive this cultural change, particularly in areas where men can make a significant contribution. So this women's network is basically all about men. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Australia. <laughs> uh, on to Tuesday's Guardian next, and this is a story about uh, women's football. And um, when we're talking about women's football, the first person we go to is Josh Howey. Massive. Any kind of football Any story football, any sport of any kind. Yeah, this is actually... I had no idea that... I, I knew that, of course, that there are more... Women's football, I, I understand, has become much more popular in recent years, which is great. But I didn't realise the disparity over the prizes. Chelsea won in 2019. They got £25,000 for winning um, over Arsenal. Uh, the uh, men's winners less got £1.8 So, I mean, that's a huge discrepancy. So this is good news for women's football. That The fund has been increased by, like, ten times or something. It's going up to half a million, and a lot of that money is going to be spread at the grassroots level. Um, so, you know, if my daughter wants to get into football one day, maybe that'll... I'm gonna des is, is this discrepancy justified, Dana? Listen, I know, but I love I love soccer, as you know, sir. Ooh, soccer. <laughs> oh I say God. that just the hate tweets are piling in. Yeah, another faux pas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what I what I will never be equal until we see female football hooligans. That's what I think. 
I'm sure it's they coming. exist. I, I need to find one. But the other thing is, you guys also have, what do you call it, netball? Yep. This sexist basketball, as I call it. It's like, wow, <laughs> you know, we can dribble them all. This can happen. Oh, so, I mean, you know, the, the thing about the money that came in is that it didn't come from the men's fund. So the question is, where did it come from? Mm. China. <laughs> I was thinking oligarchs. Oligarchs, anyway. Yeah. Right, we move on to Tuesday's Guardian, and uh, a tweet went viral. Yeah, I, I guess this is, is kind story. of a carry-on from uh, Goblin Living. <laughs> this is one of those uh, stories. Um, basically, this guy wanted to, did a poll, and he wanted to see if there were more doors or wheels in the world. I want to know what strain of marijuana he's smoking, but I'd also like to know, what do you think, more doors or it's, wheels? I mean, it's wheels. It's obviously wheels. I think That's it's a ridiculous, wheels. ridiculous thing. Are there more doors or wheels? Just think about that. There are four wheels on a car. Like, so every vehicle is going to have lots of wheels. There's wheels like there's wheels all over the place on chairs or whatever. Not this chair, bad example. But there are wheels everywhere. It's got to be wheels. Yeah. The thing is, we're never going to know, and it's going to bug every single one of us. Yeah, you've made your case persuasive. Because the thing is, all, there's not persuaded. just a door to a house, right? There's the door to the bathroom, there's the door to the kitchen. You know, my house has like seven doors in it, so I don't know. Oh. And I have no wheels, not even a bike. Really? So you think it's doors, do you? I don't know. Oh, man. We do not need more controversy on this channel. Uh, <laughs> we're never going to know the answer, right? And uh, we, at least we know why it went viral. Right, um, we go to the BAFTAs next, and Emma Watson has been... Uh, Throwing some shade. Oh my oh. god! I'm so impressed that you know what shade is. Or has she? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Or has... I only know what it said. What it what it is because it because it said it in the article. Yeah. <laughs> she, <laughs> so you didn't know what shade I was. Sort of oh, she's like, come on now. She threw shade. Uh, soon, soon you'll be spilling tea. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a good thing. Where you insulted Not them by tea. spilling do, tea. Do you know? Do you know what that means? Spilling no. Tea? Telling the truth. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Spilling some tea. I didn't know yes, that. Yes, it's, it's, uh, yeah. It's, Where's this is that a North American RuPaul expression, or is You it... know what? A lot of black girls and a lot of gay men use this. So, like, when you want to tell someone's business, you're spilling tea. Or if something's particularly juicy, a lot of the time you'll see somebody just, like, pick up a teacup, like... And that's, like, there's a whole... Oh, thing. that's code. I'm teaching you the lingo. Wow. <laughs> I feel so hip to the beat. Throwing shade. You probably <laughs> thought she came over there and cast a shadow over somebody. Yeah. So where does this throwing the shade thing come from? Is it... So shade actually comes from ballroom culture, uh, which is started in New York where um, gay, trans, Latino and black would walk balls, and throwing shade was a way of dissing each other, right? Okay. So it's almost like blocking somebody's sunlight, right? So you're throwing shade uh, on them, okay, but it's, okay. it's something that's done so delicately. You guys didn't know what that well, was? Great. And thank you so much for right, covering so the Emma Watson story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell, the, tell the story. Who's doing it? I'm doing it. It's all, tell the story. It's all done. So this is Metro. Yes, yeah, so uh, when she was giving an award at the BAFTAs, she came out and there was a sort of little joke that she, like the, the, the host, Rebel Wilson, called her a witch, and she says, oh, I'm here for all the witches. Um, but and that people alluding that she meant like Jake, but no, actually, what it, the reason that people thought she's called shaded because under her breath you could sort of say, possibly say, except one. That's the real reason why people think that she might. Did have she been. actually no. say well, that? No, but but if you look at it, it's really weird. When you look, I've watched it a bunch of times, and you, she could be saying that, and she could be saying something else, and it's really hard to get. And she was referring. I thought to it was an, well, I think it was an anti-turf statement, right? Because. Uh, J.K. Rowling is a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. No, she isn't. Oh. 
I thought she was. No, don't, don't, get, what, him, no, don't get him started. That's what people accuse her of being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's not at all. She's very clear that she supports trans rights, but there are certain areas where they come into conflict with women's rights, and she supports women's rights. So who are all the witches, then? Well, this is the thing. Well, the interesting I thought thing it is that actually women. witches... Um, people who are gender critical, which is the, the more correct term, is you know, toughest area. Um, they call themselves witches because they are, in their eyes, being persecuted un unfairly uh, for their beliefs. And uh, but yeah, she. Well, I will say that I am not a massive Emma Watson fan um, uh, because of the way that she has treated. And all, actually, all of the cast, the way. Yeah, it's, it's, bay, I, it I mean, disgusts I, I, me. I only know what I've read in the papers, and yeah. so that's not necessarily true. But it, there seems to be a lack of gratitude. I know. All of their so. lives have been made through her, through J.K. Rowling's talent. Yeah. And they have sort of constantly made these allusions to her being, as you say, a turf. That's, it's just not true. Little bit of trivia for you. Mm. My dad introduced Harry... What's Harry Potter called, an actor? That's is an actor. Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> yeah, my dad introduced Daniel Radcliffe's mum and dad to each other. Well, Because so of you, I had to watch well, those yeah. movies. Well, OK, I was, yeah. thought you'd be impressed, yeah. but you're not. Um, right, Tuesday's Daily Mail next, and emojis are apparently not a very uh, good way of succeeding at work. Although they might help you with your links. They might help me with my links. <laughs> I'm struggling with my links because the links that I wrote are not in the auto queue. But anyway, okay. we won't give away our secrets. Go, I, go I, on. I think it's specifically in the office environment. Yeah. I, I haven't been in an office since the principal was running it. Um, but I do think that we need to expand the emojis that we use. But, I, I mean, obviously, it could be seen as a little bit juvenile. I think what's even worse is when kids pronounce acronyms like LOL. Like, my cousin will actually say LOL instead of laugh at something. So, yeah, I guess you could perceive it as... Um, and what were they saying? They're saying that the, um, this, this makes women or people look less powerful. So, so maybe this, we this... just need a powerful emoji, like a woman's hand grasping a scrotum. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that would job. be a powerful... But, so, I mean, do you think this is right, Josh? Well, sending, I, I don't like... Sending I emojis don't, at I, work weaken you? I don't, I don't think... Not just uh, at, uh, at work, I think everywhere. I, I think I really fight the use of emojis. I can't stand them. And this is a larger study that really is trying to say that people prefer verbal cues because it gives a little bit of distance, whereas images try to suggest intimacy. So there is this, like, power play, uh, and I'm, I'm all about the verbal. Well, So you don't use me, emojis? No, not at all. I personally think whoever invented the thumbs-up emoji should be knighted, because that is the most multi-useful you know emoji I, I take that back. out of a I do use that boring one. conversation. <laughs> That's why. Just okay. send them a thumbs-up emoji, I do and use you're that out one. of it. <laughs> I like my favorite emoji is that one with the lines that are closed and the face just like completely blank. That's a good one. The only emoji I use is Star of David. I use that quite a lot. Um, on to Tuesday's Guardian now and non fungible tokens. Oh Josh. my gosh. Are they art? NFTs. Well, this is uh, a whole article. Someone here basically, as you say, going into NFTs. NFTs are sold between people, they become sort of collector's items. Um, they from some people have made a lot of money out of NFTs. Uh, I actually going to go to you to just quickly explain what they are because you can do it in a much better way than I can. Okay, I will explain what they are. A, a non. Uh, do, do, the, okay, let's come back to me now. <laughs> <laughs> a a non-fungible token is basically a um, digital work of art that 
cannot be replicated. In other words, it can be replicated, but you own the original. Yes, and, and they have been around for the last couple of years. Uh, friends of mine, just like with um, sort of Bitcoin 10, 15 years ago, look, you should buy this stuff. And now all, like, a bunch of my mates are all super loaded. So it's the same stuff with NFT. Uh, but I didn't get in on that either because I'm like super duper rubbish. But this whole article is basically saying, but are those NFTs, which are usually kind of cartoons, uh, seem to be the most powerful ones, uh, popular ones, are they, are they art? And in a, in a case of art mimicking life, mimicking art, this... 10-page article that I was forced to read for this TV show says nothing. What is art? Yes, indeed. exactly. They, have you gotten yourself in on the NFT game? I Dana? have not. I'm, I think I was a war... I think I fought in a war in another country and I'm afraid to spend anything. I'm one of those people just shoving in the bank, shoving in the bank. Yeah, Very... I don't trust anybody. OK, yeah, well, yeah. you shouldn't trust the bank then. Deep thought. We could go into that, yeah. Maybe no, let's not. let's not. Let's <laughs> not. We've only got a couple of minutes left in the show, and it's a story about Sign up to Dominic's blog. I will say, some of those NFTs are very, very cool. If you, um, if you look at, you know, some of the stuff that's being designed, and even those bored apes, they're kind of groovy. Mm. But what they've become is they sort of become status symbols, and mm. whoever it is on... GB News or American TV, you know, glamorous celebs can talk about their little NFT that they bought, and it's kind of, it's like owning a Van Gogh, but it's kind or of or a cooler. Banksy, yeah, or a Banksy. Mm. There you go. So that's all they are, and that's kind of what a lot of art is, mm. status symbols. Anyway, we go to the Telegraph next, and a story about cleaning road signs. Don't do it. Yeah, apparently uh, you're not allowed to be on a ladder when you want to clean a road sign. The controversy, right? I guess they're saying that it's going to potentially put drivers at risk. So what I'm guessing is somebody fell off a ladder onto a car, like one guy. It's always one guy that just ruins it for everyone. Like, like that guy who, who uh, set the plane on fire with whatever liquid it was. So none of us can bring our shampoo anymore. Do you know what I mean? Just one person. But I got to say... I don't think it's the worst idea because honestly, some of the cobbles in these streets, I can't even walk in heels. I can't imagine standing on a ladder in them. Ban cobbles so that you can wear heels. Mm. Um, or just get a long handled wiper, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, surely if the council doesn't clean the road signs, and it's the council's responsibility to clean the road signs, presumably, and uh, some local residents take it into their own hands and decide to clean the road signs, the council shouldn't be banning them from cleaning the road signs, which appears to have. Or they're going to have to balance out the danger of when you don't clean the road signs and you can't read it anymore. Is that potentially more dangerous? Well, than somebody climbing up a ladder to clean a road sign, I guess. I don't know. Who knows? Let's uh, start a new Twitter poll. I've sent something going viral. <laughs> get those get those doors, wheels out of the way. Uh, yeah, but this person, the, the, the councillor who's sort of been pushing this, the deputy leader of the South End on Sea Council, is like, if anything was to happen, it just doesn't bear thinking about. <laughs> it's a little bit of a drama, Queen. Old uh, um, Ron. 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 Ron from the Ron. council. Yeah. Jobs we cannot out. allow that to happen. Right now, our final story is a story from The Telegraph, and we have the world's most attention-seeking billionaire challenging the world's most attention-seeking <laughs> dictator. Josh, tell I thought us you were, I genuinely thought you were talking about me for a second. <laughs> but, uh, the world's yeah. most attention-seeking comedian. Yes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so he's, he's thrown, out, uh, thrown out a fight challenge over Twitter, basically saying, I'll, I'll fight you for Ukraine. That's what... Um, I don't know if Putin has got back to him yet. 
even though uh, Moscow was hashtagged into it. I also don't know how the Ukrainians might feel Moscow about Moscow was it. hashtagged into it in Russian. Oh, well, Apparently the yeah. tweet was in Russian. Wow. Well, who, who would you put your money on? Yeah, Musk. Are you yeah. really in a hand? Yeah, because combat? I think Putin's too old now. Putin's old. Also, if we say Putin, then everyone. Than Musk. If we say Putin, you see some of these Russian guys. They like wrestle bears. Don't say Putin because if you say Putin, it's going to go viral. Everyone's going to say that GB News and Putin owns GB News. It's going to be an absolute News. nightmare. <laughs> so just, just say Musk. Musk. There you I think go. Musk is younger. He's probably bigger. Putin's quite short. He's only you know. Yeah, but he would know some death grips and stuff like that. You're right. He's yeah, got and he'd probably skills. like you know, have a poisonous something or other that he's... Elon Musk yeah, doesn't look like out. he could fight. No, he does, because those rich people like that, they're going to pay, He'll like... have a personal, personal trainer. trainer. He probably does, like, three hours of kickboxing a day. But you need that right. heart, you know what I mean? Like, you need, like, that courage to bite a man in his ear. Like, you need you need that fire in your belly. I don't... I know. <laughs> I have that fire, clearly. You do have that fire. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, if I could fight, the person I would least like to fight on the comedy circuit would be you. Oh, that, thank you. That's so sweet. I know, I mean, out of fear, not, like, not, not that's just, to protect myself. That's, you're the person I least feel like I could be. Hey, I take my compliments where I can get them. Yeah. It's um, quite interesting the way that Musk has used his power to intervene, intervene in the mm. war. So, for example, he's made sure that I believe the he's... Starting. Yeah, yeah, so that Ukrainians can carry on getting internet and so on. I want to be, be a G.I. Joe. It's a bit like, come on, guy. You can just no, but he's, like... he's doing good stuff. I mean, you know, he is using his, his wealth for a positive thing. But, but this kind of stuff does... it and seeking yeah, It does slightly undermine it as well. Like, oh, come on, Putin. It's like this that woman, I think we did a story last week, saying you're barred from my pub. Like, well, that's all well and good, but let's talk about what's going to actually make a difference here. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that is... I mean, leaving aside all the virtue points that he's seeking out, that, I hope, will make a difference. The, the, the internet? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, because this war... Every war, like, as the technology progresses... Uh, like, we had, you know, remember in the 90s and there were, like, videos of the missile, everyone, that was such a big deal. Now, literally, even more than Syria a couple of years ago, like, you, everybody has the phone, everything is filmed, and it's about getting that information out there. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I often think this, the, the world, world War I could not have happened to anything like the same extent that it did if people had had mobile phones, because would, people would have just uploaded a few shocking footage from the trenches and everyone would have just gone, stop. Well, they, the would have had to end. well, they cut all of the social media stuff when they had the uprising. Was it in uh, Egypt? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they well, cut that, it well, all. That's what, they... that's what Russia's trying to do in exactly. Ukraine, which is exactly. why it's important that Musk is doing what he's doing. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring.